0: Let's continue our worship as we turn to God's holy word. We're going to, to the book of Psalms this morning. And I can never read this scripture without talking about my father. Many of you know, knew and remember my father, Jerry Mitchell, who pastored this church for many years. And his favorite verse was Psalm 139. It was very near and dear to his heart. And um, it's very near and dear to my heart. It has become my favorite as well. Not only just because my dad loved it so much, but just because of what it means to me personally. So you're welcome to follow along in your scripture, in your own, uh, in your own uh, Bible, or the words will be on the screen as well. I'm reading from the New Revised Standard Version this morning. Oh Lord, you have searched me Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is so high that I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light around me become night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as day, for darkness is light to you. For it was you who formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes beheld my unformed substance. In your book were written all the days that were formed for me when none of them had yet existed. How weighty to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. I try to count them, and they are more than the sand. I come to the end. I am still with you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God.
1: And now, if you will, let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Oh, gracious and loving God, we come to you this morning humbly. You know us better than we know ourselves. Search our hearts and our consciousness. Give us the boldness to claim you as our Savior. Help us to love you and to love others as you love us. We praise you this morning for all that you are doing. And we especially praise you this morning, Lord Jesus, for the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit. Write your words upon our hearts and give us the strength and the commitment to live by them. And may the meditations of our hearts and the words of our mouths be pleasing unto you in all things. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. I'm always amazed how God works. You know, uh, I have been going around and doing the introductory visits and meeting with a lot of people. uh, And some wonderful celebrations I've been learning about and personal struggles as well, and then this morning as we received the prayer cards, the yellow cards, it truly impacts my heart just how much need we have for our Lord and our Savior, and I truly believe that these verses can speak to us not only today, but for eternity. And the message I pray that you hear is a message of hope. I want to start by just giving you a little general information on this psalm. This psalm is a post-exilic song, meaning that the Israelites had already been separated and removed from their homes, and they have returned back. They find themselves trying to find their community, trying to reclaim their traditions. They find themselves almost in a state of recovery. You see, they had struggled. They had been forcibly removed from their homes. They had been oppressed for a number of years. And one of the most beautiful things I love about this psalm Is it talks of the intimacy of God and how God's presence is always with us, that God knows us better than we know ourselves, and that God continues to reach out to us, to encourage us, to be our rock and our shelter, our strength and our protection. I don't know about you, but those are words. Those are words that God has written on my heart and on my soul, and I try my best to live by them each and every day. One of the things I'd like to point out to you you about this psalm is, Gabe stopped reading after verse 18. You see, verse 19, 20, and 21 take a sharp turn. And I didn't have Gabe include those verses because scholars believe they're a later addition. So the first 18, they believe to be original. And I think it's so beautiful, as my Duke professor would tell us, unpack the scriptures and let the scriptures speak for themselves. And that's just what I want to do this morning, beginning with the very first verse. O oh Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from far away. I'll never forget, years ago, I had a real sweet lady in, our, in the first church I ever served at, that I just loved dearly. She was an itty-bitty thing, but had the faith of a giant. I'll never forget her coming to me one day, and she was struggling with some things, and she said about her prayer life, she said, you know, there's some things I just don't feel like I could... Tell God. And to tell you the truth, I listen, but in my heart and in my mind, I just snicker just a little bit. Don't judge me too harshly. Because, because if you have thought it, if it is in your heart, according to these scriptures, God already knows it. Now, I want you to hear the hope in this next statement. God truly knows everything we think, everything we believe, every decision we've made, every trial, every tribulation, and every shortcoming. Now, the good news in spite of all that, God still loves us and calls us into an intimate relationship. God still forgives our sins. God still redeems our lives. God still empowers us to be his witnesses, as he would say, the light and the salt. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we can do more than we can even begin to grasp through the power and the presence of God. I love these verses. It continues, you know my path. If I lie down or if I rise up, you are there. How beautiful is to realize that no matter where we find ourselves, God is present. It continues, the psalmist says, if I were rise to heaven or if I would go to Shiloh for the Jewish nation in the early Christians, Shiloh was the place of the dead. So understand and begin to grasp that the psalmist is saying is no matter where I run, even if I try to escape your presence, God, if I ascend to the heavens, or if my life is taken and I descend to the place of the dead, you are there. The love does not Stop! The presence of the Almighty does not abandon us. Do you know one of my favorite parts in our Eucharistic liturgy is when we proclaim, even when our love failed, your love remains steadfast. Think about that. We acknowledge every time we celebrate the Eucharist that on occasion we stray from God Our love fails God, but the affirmation is that God's love never, ever, ever fails us. I hope that you allow that to permeate into your very being that the one who created you from the foundation of the world is the very one that longs to be united with you for all eternity in his kingdom. To me, I find extreme hope as I go out and visit people and I hear of the struggles. I hear of the doctor's reports or how the test came back where I walk through the halls of Wayne Memorial, Lenore, or even Duke God is there he is present his love is being manifested and we are to praise him even in the midst of hospice care even in the midst of broken relationships Broken marriages, wayward children, all the concerns we have, God is there. He is aware. He is in control. I have a friend recently that posted this up on Facebook that just made me laugh. It said, I am trying to release everything I am not in control of. And I have recently become aware I'm not in control of anything. How wonderful it is not to have to grapple for control in our lives, but to be able to live as redeemed children of God by faith as we make our way through this world. I think of these psalms. I think of this particular song. I think about the intimacy of God. If there's a key word in these verses, in this psalm, it is know or knowledge. God knows us, God has knowledge of us, and we have knowledge of God. John Calvin, in his great institute, one of the first things he writes is the greatest thing of all is that we are aware of God. God is aware of us. To have knowledge of God and to have knowledge of self, that's where all other knowledge grows from. That's a beautiful sentiment, to know ourselves, to know God. This psalmist goes on to write, that I ponder you, Lord, and it's too great for me to grasp. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I don't know everything about God. I am thankful that God is not under my control. I am thankful for the mysteries of God because I realize just how flawed of a human being I am, and if I could know all things of God and control all things of God, then that would not be God. You see, we are created creatures, but He is the Creator. We are finite. He is infinite. Paul writes, for now we see through a mirror but dimly, but in the future we will see clearly and we will understand. I look forward to that day. I look forward to being regenerated in the communion of saints. I look forward to being united with all those that have come before me. But now I want to turn our attention just for a minute. You see, the psalm is absolutely gorgeous. The affirmation of God's presence, of God's knowledge, God's love, God's protection is beautiful. But now I want to take it from the old testament time into the new testament you see god so loved us he sent his only begotten son so that his son may live our lives know our struggles tread our past and then ultimately give his life not that he could be saved but so that we could be saved. You know, we would never celebrate Christmas if there wasn't an Easter. The greatest thing in all the faith is Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And on one beautiful crisp Easter morning, the tomb stone was rolled away. The tomb was empty. He dwelt with his disciples. But then he gave them the greatest promise of all, that of the coming of the Holy Spirit. The original language of the Holy Spirit's name is the Pericle. It literally means one to come beside, to help us along. The Holy Spirit to me is God's way of fulfilling every promise that is made in Psalm 139 because it is the Holy Spirit that indwells the believer. So now we have God dwelling in us. So truly as the psalmist says, no matter where we go, God is there. No matter what struggle we may face, God is there. No matter what. Even when we turn and our love fails, his love remains steadfast. Now, I don't know about you, but that's gospel truth. That's gospel in the sense of good news. That's gospel that gives us strength to live each day with hope, not just for today, but for all of eternity. Now I want to turn once more back to Psalm 139. You see, there's just two verses in that psalm that I want to lift up to you as we work towards our closing, and it's this. The psalmist says, even if it is dark, it is not dark to you. Even if I go into the darkness, you are there. In Hebraic poetry, Darkness symbolizes a great deal of things. Darkness symbolizes the unknown, the fearful, the enemy. Darkness represents to the psalmist all the things in our lives that cause us to be burned out or beat up or left behind. Darkness is a place. That we don't want to dwell. But hear the gospel message in this psalm. He goes on to write, but even the darkness is not dark to you, for you are the light, even in the darkness. I don't know about you what struggles you may face today but I can tell you you don't face it alone God has not forsaken you you are his chosen people and he is the light even in the midst of the darkness darkness shall not overcome you according to the gospel for Jesus Christ has redeemed us, body, mind, soul, and spirit, and given us the ability to live each day with eternal hope, with love in our hearts. One of the most beautiful things to me in all of Scripture is that God is never finished with us. According to our faith as Methodists, we embrace the concept of sanctification. Sanctification is God's working within us, making us what God desires. I don't know about you, but I pray in the name of the Holy Spirit that my heart, mind, body, and soul is in accord with the work of the Holy Spirit sanctifying me. God making me what God desires. And I believe it is a faithful prayer to acknowledge the one who is, who was, and who always will be. Yes, darkness comes. But Jesus has overcome the darkness, sin, and death. He calls us to live By his power and his victory, not just for today, but for all of our days. For didn't the psalmist write, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You knew me before you wove me together in my mother's womb. You knew me from the very depths of the earth. I don't know about you, but I know whatever comes tomorrow, Jesus has already overcome it. I know that no matter what might spring up out of nowhere, Jesus has already got it under control. I know that no matter what the doctor says, or even if I lose my very life, not even death, the cross. One of my favorite quotes from from Billy Graham, I'd like to close and share with you this morning. Billy Graham wrote some years ago, long before he was well into his 90s, he wrote, one day you're going to read in the paper or you're going to hear on the news that Billy Graham has died. I want you to know that's not true. For on that day, I will be ever more alive than I ever have been. You see, we are a people of faith that believe ultimately our greatest healing is when we are united with our Savior in the kingdom of God, surrounded by our loved ones and saints. And though we don't want it to come today or tomorrow, as people of faith, we know that we can face it. Because Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, has already conquered sin and death for all of us. And for all those that claim him as Lord and Savior by faith. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.